Hmm. <laughs> oh, I love money. Hmm. Oh, hello. I didn't see you there. Now you're probably thinking, why am I in a bathroom? Um, because I talk to Greg Mitchell. Are you kidding me? Look at all the dollary dudes I'm getting at my door now. Sacks of money at my door. Look, I'm drinking out of a out of a Queen Mum mug. Because I am a queen mum, because I talked to Greg Mitchell from Jazzwares. Uh, now, this is a really awesome chat. I'm so happy Greg was super on board to do this with me. We go super into depth about AW, Jazzwares, the unrivaled line, the unmatched line, and the future of those lines and the partnership between AW and Jazzwares. And a little bit back into the business side of things as well with those lines. And it's actually a really interesting, really thought out interview. And I think you guys will enjoy it. So without further ado, here's a talk with Greg Mitchell. Me, 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 me. G'day ladies and gents, it is I, Nick Storm, the Australian... Lee and I, I have a very special guest with me today, Mr. Gregory Mitchell from Jazzmas. How you doing, Gregory? Hey, thanks for having me. How you doing? I'm good. Do you prefer Greg or Gregory? I I just see Gregory like all over Instagram, so I feel like my that's perfectly just... fine. Gregory, cool. I was averse to it. I was averse to it as a youngster because probably because my mother only called me Gregory, so I assumed everyone else should call me Greg. And then <laughs> the older I got, the more I settled into it. And I don't know there's a lot of Gregs. Plus, if you go into Starbucks in the morning and it's all loud and the machines are, yeah. you say, uh, you know, for Greg, name Greg. Okay. Twenty minutes later, it's Ted, Fred, <laughs> Ed, Jeb. Um, oh, no, that reminds me of one time I got I went to Starbucks and I said my name's Nick, right? Because it's it's a four letter name, and I, I they they mess it up that bad. I think they like put like a silent K at the front or something like that. I, yeah. I, I don't I don't really know what was going on that day, but yeah. Once <laughs> once I got Gregory, and then Gregory. once I got Gregory, <laughs> once I once I got Gregory with uh, three G's in the middle. So like, and I don't know what was. I don't know what the intent was there, but um, so yeah, Gregory is is the most successful way to drink at Starbucks when it's loud and busy in the morning. That's, <laughs> so call me Gregory. Cool. Okay, Gregory. Awesome. Um, now I know you as like Greg. I know what you do, but there might be some people out there that doesn't understand like the whole extent that your job actually does. So I want to know how would you explain yourself to to someone like myself? Sure. Uh, well, for my job that I dedicate my life to 60 plus hours a week on a good week. Um, I'm a, I'm the vice president of uh, brand for action, boys, action and collectibles. Um, what that means is uh, it's kind of like a brand is typically in toys and collectibles. It's like the department that is generally um, I would say like responsible, like for strategy, right? Hey, here's a brand we either want to create in house or a license. We want to go and work together to, to get, uh, to get the rights to to create product for um and brand i think is probably the common denominator across the entire life cycle of hey what, what if we made this toy or got this license all the way to actually getting it on the shelf and then uh in parallel to that you're planning the next year's stuff at that same time while you're then actively marketing and speaking to the consumers and the fans with the stuff that you just got on shelf um so we work very very closely with product development uh most toy companies have a licensing division whose job is to go out there and you know solicit licenses, do pitches, you know, talk to the Disney's and the Marvels and the Warner Brothers of the world, 
the Epics, the uh, the Microsofts and 343 Studios, uh, and you know actively pursue partnership deals to make the toys. Um, that's licensing. Sales is the sales team, of course, that works with us to get the stuff in front of the buyer at Walmart or Target or Tesco or Amazon to say, uh, hey, this is the range. You should definitely buy this, buy it all, buy lots of it, and we'll sell the heck out of it together. Um, uh, marketing helps us create the kind of assets that you guys enjoy, like commercials, uh, you know, press releases, uh, PR events, marketing activations, like the one we just did over at AEW for Double or Nothing Fan Fest this past weekend, which was a total hoot. Um, and helps talk to the consumer uh, in a very direct way now that you've got the product on a shelf or soon to come and you know on the way to create anticipation and excitement. Um, and then because toys is such a crazy cyclical business, there are these convergences where we're working on this year's stuff, we're, we're knee deep in next year's stuff, and then we just start the preliminary talks to the following year's stuff. So there's a couple months of the year where brand and product yeah. development are essentially living in three seasons all at once. And when I used to write checks to pay the rent and to pay bills, I would often put the wrong date on the check and my landlord thought I would be cheeky and trying to not have him, you know, cash the check on time. And I was like, I was like, fun idea should try that next time. But no, in this case, go ahead and cash it. It's not meant to be, uh, you know, it's not meant to be cashed in 2017, sir. Uh, please, please proceed. <laughs> wow. But that's a fun part. Of, that's a fun part of like the brand equation of that whole soup to nuts life cycle of uh, an idea for a toy uh, yeah. and then a range reaching shelves and, people being excited and buying it and engaging in it and talking on Instagram and all that good fun stuff. Yeah. I always love the kind of process in between. I don't know. It's really interesting to hear people just go about that. Like you said, it's like a lot of work and I don't think many people realize that. I didn't really realize that to the full extent, but uh, yeah, that's a, that's a lot of work and I, I appreciate you so much. Oh my God. Oh my God. I have an angel in my You're presence. Right there? You're all right. There? I, Are you sound like you, something in the sternum. What was, what was, what was um, on there? I think, I just have too much swagger, you know. Um, that happens sometimes. I've yeah. seen it happen. It's never happened to me yet, but I, yeah. I can always hope. But I, I've definitely observed it. Like right now, for instance. Yeah, it happened to my um, my, one of my buddies actually, and um, he's actually uh. Um, so this week, this past week, we had double or nothing, we had a lot of dynamite, we had double or nothing, and we had AW Jazzwares Presents Fan Fest. Yeah. What a, what a hoot. You guys took the internet by storm. I was I was refreshing every page on Instagram to see the <laughs> reveals uh or when when they came out and everything like that, and I'd love to talk to you about all of that. Uh, but what were the, what was the motives to making a fan fest, having a thing for the fans to interact uh, with each other and just talk about all these topics, all these cool figure lines and everything like that, wrestling in general? Sure. Uh, I have a wonderful partner over at AEW. Her name is Dana Massey. She's essentially like the, 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 the chief merchandising officer for AEW. Um, she, she runs everything from uh, the merch to the licensing deals to bring on you know partners like us to make uh, the toys for AEW and the collectibles for AEW, and I think she nailed it. She you know she she sees the fans in person. Uh, she interacts with the fans you know virtually uh, on social media, and she knows that um, you know AEW fans have been hungry to to be involved with AEW uh, in this past year. It's been tough. 
Um, you know, everyone can watch TV. We can all interact with each other through, you know, our social media. And we've done that. Um, and, and AEW fans have stuck through and have even grown in the pandemic here. And the first sign where it was safe, where it was conducive to people getting together, having a good time, doing it safely um, and celebrating, you know, getting back together at a live event, which Double or Nothing really did a wonderful job of representing for AEW. Packed house, sold out, great card, great lineup. It was a great way to kind of welcome in the rest of the year where, hey, chances are good that life can get back to normal if we all take care of each other, take care of ourselves and have fun. And FanFest was a nice, almost like pilot program to, to embrace that, try to make good for all the fun stuff we probably missed since we were all together last at C2E2 in Chicago. Um, and, and just kick off hopefully a, you know, a nice long stretch of getting back together with fans on a regular basis. Um, so, uh, she came to us <laughs> probably about three weeks ago. Um, if anyone's ever put together a trade show, large or small, um, you need more time to do those, not less. That sounds and, like, uh, it sounds like not enough uh, time just from you saying it. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, again, that's where Jazzwares really shines. That's where AEW really shines. We have passion, we have resources, we have each other. So to have an idea come together so quickly and, and come to fruition through a lot of hard work and, and, uh, and patience and quick thinking, um, we got that together in just very short order. Um, and, uh, and it was excellent. It was great. So hats off to Dana, as always, one of the best partners you could have at a job. Um, someone who really loves, truly lives AEW. And uh, she and her team put that together. Um, our part was a humble little, hey, since you've last seen us, which again was right after New York Toy Fair last February, we literally packed up our back, our bags, put our samples in a suitcase and flew right to Chicago for uh, C2E2, you know, their big Midwest version of like a big, huge show like you would expect at San Diego Comic-Con or New York Comic-Con or London Toy Show. And uh, we haven't been in front of the public since then. We've been doing the reveals on Instagram every time we try to get a little bit ahead of like the leakers and folks out there who maybe try to like poach some new info and try to get ahead of that. And it's been fun. We've gotten a lot of engagement and a lot of good feedback there. But it was so exciting to get back in front of human beings again, people that look you in the eyes and go, hey, how come you didn't have that one thing on that one figure? Or thank you for making my favorite figure. Or holy crap, I grew up with wrestling buddies. Now you're going to make them for AEW? And they're actually called wrestling buddies, not some sort of goofy marketing name because the trademark yeah. was locked I, up I, with somebody else for all those that. years. I popped off <laughs> of that when I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, that, so that was really it. And so we did was we kind of put together like a little product gallery. Um, as anyone who tries to buy EW figures will attest, um, and I'm not here to, to snow anybody, I'm here to actually attest to it. We wanted to do an actual mini museum of every single figure we had produced up to this point, and we found that we actually couldn't, because even between us, me, Magic, you know, uh, uh, the designer, everyone knows who, you know, pours his passion into this brand, uh, our design team, our sales team, we actually did not have every single figure in our possession, because if we make it, we sell it, we ship it because we know that the fans are kind of like, how come I can't find them in my store? When are they coming out? So we spare no figures for ourselves and basically sent every single one we made out to retail. So we couldn't do a full soup to nuts. Here's every figure we've done, but we got close to it. And then we realized, okay, this is probably a really great opportunity to talk to the fans directly and also um, uh, get ahead of like the leaks. Um, as someone that cares about my job in general, but also this brand in particular, we were white knuckling between every wave expecting, you know, a shoe to drop because somebody somewhere, you know, cheekily got an image of something they shouldn't have. And then would blow our entire reveal plan to, to, to smithereens. Um, and the last couple of times we did it, we got away with one, then one got beat. And it's, it's just a very tough cycle to be on. And we worked too hard for that. 
So we basically just said, you know what, let's tell everyone what's coming out for the rest of the year to a certain point, still keep some exclusives or surprises in our back pocket in case we do another fan fest this year. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and get ahead of the nonsense of people trying to bust us on the unrivaled and the all new unmatched waves. And um, very grateful we got to do it. And the feedback was so terrific. So we're really excited about the results. Yeah. Oh my God, dude. I was like, I was like a kid in the candy store on Instagram. I tell you that much, but I, I like, there's no greater feeling than seeing figures actually on display at reveals. Like I remember just like throughout my whole time collecting, that's how figures were like revealed. I like, I don't know, ringside fest, comic-con, all that, all that stuff. You'd always see the wrestling right. figures and everything. And so seeing them actually in like a glass detolf is like, Oh my god, it's like it's like nostalgia right in the feels, right right in the swagger. It's nostalgia. Nice. Yeah. And uh I, I want to talk all about the unmatched and and everything and the wrestling buddies and and everything like that. So, what was the mindset behind the figures that you did reveal at FanFest? Why why those figures? Uh why did those figures come into production and all that? And uh unmatched and, and luminaries as well is really interesting. Yeah, sure. So if you'll notice, um, up to a certain wave, we showed either actual physical models or full color 3D models, or at one point, a gray model and or just a lineup of great images, you know, taken by AEW photographers like Speedy and that crew. That's probably that would show you what the life cycle of how far we got in development in each of those waves. So the deeper into the reveals of 2021 that we got, the more you saw just more basic assets. So what we tried to do is we tried to show the stuff that's literally coming out of the uh, out of the, the factory in the next like two months. So that's where you saw either model. Um, I brought props because <laughs> you know fresh 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 from the convention. Absolutely, uh, it's always oh. good to see him in, in different lights. You know, the, uh, oh, wow. the very well received beautiful Aubrey figure. Just um, posted on like you know, ringside for, and everything like that. Just the yeah. the, the photo got posted and everything. Yeah, so for, for these, uh, you know, we were able to show physical samples because we we're at a certain milestone where we have them at our disposal. And it's a first, like bringing her there was the first time I ever saw her in person, so to speak, too. Wow, so it was wonderful. Cool. Um, and then naturally, as we got into deeper waves, it was more like, okay, so here's some work in progress assets. Here's a 3D model, but it's painted the way you're going to see the deco. Eventually, then I think the LJN Wrestling Superstars retro version of Cody, he was all, I'm sorry, not Cody, uh, Darby, he was all gray. No, no yeah. paint whatsoever. Um, so... We love that because we get to show you how the fresh new stuff that's about to come out is, but we also love giving you guys a peek in the curtain of like how things are coming together and how they're developing. Um, so that's fun. Um, so we wanted to make sure that you guys knew what was coming out for the rest of the year on Unrivaled. And there's a lot of conjecture and the occasional undefined mentioning by Jeremy Padauer, our, you know, our EVP and one of the great partners at Jazzwares saying, oh, and don't worry about Unmatch. With Unmatch, you're gonna get more talent sooner, the newer talent. Uh, more more women in the line and a, a surprise or two. Well, we delivered on all that, which we were really excited about. And the surprise or two was, of course, we got the official licensing rights for uh, from LJN and wrestling superstars to produce figures in that same exact uh, material type of pose. And uh, you got a little glimpse of it in the presentation that some folks did some like really zoomed in screenshots on Instagram. But even the packaging, while still in the same um, dimensions and footprint of an un- unrivaled or unmatched package is completely decorated like uh, like an old LJN wrestling superstars blister card yeah. um, with original art but updated um, and even a surprise on the inside that if people don't figure it out between now and maybe end of summer we'll do another little mini reveal of what's inside the figure as well um, and that's wonderful that's a fun way to get great 
talent out there in one of the formats that we all grew up with, right? Um, you know, Mattel and WWE do a wonderful job uh, on the uh, the more like what we'll call they would they wouldn't call it this way, but we're since we're all talking as fans and off the clock, you know, they had that very uh, faithful to the Hasbro early '90s format that they were working on for years with new stars, classic WWE Hall of Famers, uh, and it was super cool. That's one of the formats we all grew up with. The other ones, of course, being the LGN superstars, and then of course the third in that trifecta being the Wrestling Buddies, uh, which we also got the official licensing rights for uh, because someone uh, very wisely through the years held on to the trademark of Wrestling Buddies. Uh, if you notice, anything after Tonka never was called Wrestling Buddies. Some of them were from uh, Toy Biz and Marvel when they had WCW. Uh, and then of course, there've been various incarnations from Mattel over the years, and even a version I think that Jax did. They were never called Wrestling Buddies. They were meant to evoke Wrestling Buddies. They were similar stature, similar format, little bits, things were odd and off about them, but they can never claim to be the Wrestling Buddies. Um, we found the folks who actually own that trademark and licensed it officially, um, which is super cool. Uh, and again, another little nostalgic pull for anyone that grew up with it, wants them for themselves, wants them for their kids. Uh, it's just a really fun extra layer on top of it. Um, and then lastly, you mentioned there too, they kind of spiced up the mixes of just the regular unrivaled waves you've been seeing. Um, every other wave of Unmatch will include either the LGN Retro Superstar, of which we kind of already teased Cody and Darby, and there's more to come after that. And then we'll leapfrog. Every other wave will include a Luminary. And Luminaries is meant to be uh, looking into the great storied past of wrestling, either in its classic, literally old school form, or in the form of classic wrestlers and performers who are now closely affiliated with or literally performing every week on AEW Dynamite and in AEW pay-per-views. And Sting seemed to be the absolute perfect person to kick that off with. Um, what you'll see with Luminaries is going to be a very interesting mix of uh, other folks you could think of in that same context as Sting, who currently uh, you know, grace AEW programming with their awesome legendary presence. Um, we're even looking at different ways to uh, go back in ways that um, are very endemic to what AEW is all about, but also might get us some new cool figures that you either haven't had in years or maybe never even had ever before in your collections at all. Cool. Okay. Wow. I, like everything behind what you showed at FanFest, uh, I don't know. It was, it was really cool to see like everything like when it, yeah, when it comes to wrestling buddies and the, the, just the idea of having LJNs and luminaries, like every second wave, like, I don't know who else is doing that. You know, like it's so, it's such a unique idea to me. I don't know. I could just be very foreign to other collecting, like outside collecting apart from wrestling. It's uh, but it, it seems like very unique and I don't even know how you'd get like, you know, the, the idea for that. So, which is really cool. And the whole thing with the luminaries, I think is a really awesome way to, you know, get like, yeah, people like Sting and icons like that in that nature are out there. And it's really cool. Yeah. Excellent. Glad you thought so. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and you, got just, up, you, got, you got up super early for us, didn't you? No, <laughs> I got up at like 10 AM, which is early for me because I'm like oh, an okay. hour, I sleep through the day. Uh, <laughs> I can tell by the sunglasses. Yeah, yeah. See, I'm not. I, I'm not used to all this bright like, light. I feel like I should. If I, I should. If I'm going to hang out with the Australian icon, I should probably <laughs> uh, also match your level of That's swagger perfect. to the best of my abilities. You put my child sunglasses to shame with those. <laughs> <laughs> Here, I'll put on my regular. They're prescriptions, so I could continue wearing them. But oh, I, cool. I, I, I give the the shade spotlight to you, sir, because you've earned it. Um, I don't know if I've earned anything, but I'll take, you know what? I'll take it. Thank, <laughs> thank so you, Gregory. Thanks for, 
Then fake it till you make it, okay? Fake it till you make it, exactly like that. Uh, yeah, I want to talk about a little bit about what happened at FanFest as well. So you were showing off the video package in front of the whole crowd and everything like that. And then, boom, what do we see? Adventure Cody. What the <laughs> flip? <laughs> What the hell? Hopefully. I'm sure you. I'm sure you saw the video of uh, of me reacting to it. But man, that was yeah. hilarious. I want to know because I don't think I've ever seen that in like a reveal package as well. So just the, like the cojones, you know, to just put it like a whole like, <laughs> oh, here's a little joke that no one will get at first. Like that's hilarious to me. Like oh my god. <laughs> we like to have fun together, and um, yeah. look, there's people can asked with all sincerity why another cody or why even why like another jericho on the line and the truth is whether it's economics of action figure making or it's just like imagine you know with aew especially when a wave hits retail it's gone the moment the case pack gets there and there's not gonna be another figure on the peg until the retailer puts another case pack on there so chances are some people when they do find a wave five version of a character that was released at some point in wave one, two, or three, it's their first opportunity to get MJF or Cody or Jericho or Omega or the, the Young Bucks. Um, and we don't just rest on that. We then make each one different from the last one. So guys like us who want to collect every single one of them, we're gratified. And if you're just dipping in, getting your, your favorite folks, well, crap, I couldn't get Moxley in wave two. He sold out super fast. But, oh, I'm so glad to see him here uh, in, in wave six. I'm going to grab him now. Um, and and as, as, as one of the... Uh, EVPs and faces of the organization. Cody, Cody gets a little bit of uh, of uh, a bit of a uh, fun from the audience and from the collectors as oh another Cody. Um, now, meanwhile, every Cody we've done has been beautiful, highly meaningful. Uh, we don't just throw Cody against the wall and see if they'll stick. We try to do tribute to a guy who helped us have a new wrestling division to be excited about and to and to be a fan of. Um, in parallel to that, a number of folks. Uh, what we did was we took that thought. It's like, well, you know, how many Cody's is too many Cody's? And then we started thinking back to our old toy collecting days, whether we were kids or um, one of our guys who's a toy veteran. He actually worked at Toy Biz back in the, in the 90s when, you know, Marvel toys or Toy Biz as they were called then. And even if you look at like two like Playmates with Ninja Turtles, they sort of ran out of ideas or fresh content from either the comics, the films or the TV series to put out new versions of their favorite people. In fact, how many Spider-Mans can you put out in just this classic red and blue outfit? Mm-hmm. How many times can you do Don, Leo, Mike, and Raph and Turtles? So what you saw Toy Biz and Playmates both doing in the 90s, which I think has become like a, a cute trope of its own in, in retrospect, is you had things like baseball Ninja Turtles, or you had scuba diving Spider-Man. Um, <laughs> at one point, I think Toy Biz must have had just like a free tooling model for like a four-wheeler ATV bike. They put okay. every Marvel figure on an ATV, um, including, <laughs> I as I'm that. quick to point out, yeah, and, and and you know, usually you'd get those like a KB toys or like a Toys R Us where they have tons of space to get superhero toys. And naturally they want to fill those orders. Um, what do you got? You got Spider-Man? Put a fireman's hat on him. Spider-Man with a firefighter's outfit. Um, and the four-wheeler is ridiculous because I don't remember too many Marvel comics where the incredible Hulk was riding a four-wheeler. Um or a, or a yeah, character sure. or a character <laughs> like Spider-Man who could stick to walls and swing between buildings 50 stories up, would ever have use for a four-wheel quad. And least of all, um, Johnny Storm, the Human Torch. Why you would ever put him in flame on mode on a four wheeler with an exposed gas tank right next to him? Nobody at Toy Biz was kind of caring about those kind of details. We know Marvel back in the days before it became the entertainment powerhouse. They would license anything to anyone. So um, anyway, harkening back to some of the cheeky stuff from the '90s that we either grew up with or were collectors of, or 
in in the terms of one of my teammates actually worked on. Um, we were like, okay, well, you know, what if we did that to Cody? Imagine scuba diver Cody with the harpoon gun. Imagine snowboarding Cody, and of course, make one is each each as as obnoxious as possible. They all get the TNT title. They all have super <laughs> high articulation, and um, and then you know introduce it with like the flaming giant explosion ball of fire, a crazy like very retrograde '90s logo, and of course they're. Whee! Guitar riff. <laughs> and then watch people's jaws drop like oh they lost their damn minds and then don't give them too long seven or eight seconds later eh, <laughs> don't 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 screenshot this and say it's coming out before christmas um AEW had a wonderful sense of humor about it um jeremy of course you know our, our fearless leader at the office was like do it do it because for <laughs> toy collectors they knew what we were up to and yeah. if you didn't have that toy history, you'd go, oh, my God, they really lost their minds. They're doing every Cody imaginable. They're making up Cody's at this point, which is a fun <laughs> end joke. So yeah. glad you guys enjoyed it. Hope I didn't overexplain it. But in case anyone either didn't see it or tuned in, like, what, what's wrong with them? Like, did they have something weird for lunch that they're doing this? No, no, no. <laughs> it was all planned and it was all silly. So so what's, what's the talk about, like... What if someone wanted to get an adventure Cody? Would they do you have like <laughs> so with those studio shots that you took for the thing, did you have to dress them up and everything? So did those uh, did, they, did those outfits they, that, exist? That was the that was the cunning use of uh, Photoshop. Not that I like ah, to be, I, I you know, magicians keep their seek their their tricks, you know, secret, but this we're not magicians, we're just idiots who like have a good sense of humor and make toys. <laughs> so those are that was very cunning use of Photoshop. Um that said, we <laughs> I think if we've done anything, it's we've shown fans that if you guys really want something and are super stoked by it, you know, we're, we're listening. So yeah, <laughs> it'll be interesting to see if that somehow took a life of its own on. And all of a sudden there were petitions and GoFundMes and Kickstarters of like, we want Scuba Cody. We want Snowboarding Cody. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Wait, hopefully Cody on a quad next wave. That'd be great. Yes. As, lo- as long as you're not an- on fire, it's perfectly fine yeah. because then no one gets hurt. <laughs> exactly exactly yeah dude i've been laughing about that for like the past week just adventure yeah your reaction was the best i i made sure to share that to everybody in my organization and to our friends and family so to speak like this this guy gets it (laughs) yeah it's the funniest thing oh my god uh yeah on the topic of like double or nothing and and fan fest and everything like that uh i want to kind of get into scanning because if you uh, if anyone didn't see it uh semi guevara actually recently put in his vlog he was actually getting scanned and, and cheeky little magic made a cameo in the room. And I was like, Hey, <laughs> hang on a second. That's my boy. Hang on a second. They're scanning for figures. So how, how much scanning did you do? I, I'll keep it really discreet, but how much did you do over the weekend? Sure. So when we did it originally, um, it was in August of 2019 and that was at all out in Chicago. At that point, we had not even announced that we were um, the toy partner yet. In fact, there was no news whatsoever on action figures. Um, there was speculation. We would we would we would kind of like laugh and see people speculating. Uh, oh, definitely Hasbro. I know a guy who knows a guy. Hasbro definitely got the license. They're going to announce it later in the year. Um, so it was funny. Everything we did was under cloak and dagger. We were hiding in the hotel. We got like a little mini hotel suite where the talent could come in while preparing for the you know the pay per view activities over again. And they all came in one by one and got scanned. And we covered pretty much the entire roster up to that point. Again, August nineteen except for a couple of folks who either um, had issues traveling or um, if you recall, uh, you know, Moxley made his, his debut appearance at um, Double or Nothing in May, but he wasn't at all out. Um, as we learned, of course, to, over the summer, he got a staph infection from you know, his arm and he wasn't competing with any, anywhere. Um, so he actually didn't make it out there. We didn't scan him. 
which I only mentioned that not because boohoo us, but if you see how great every single Moxley figure has been so far, that was all hand sculpted. There was not a single That's computer crazy. or what? CG model involved in that. That was all literally hand sculpted. And we've done so who, three who's Moxes to blame by now. For that? So. Is, that, is that all magic? What to blame is for the beautiful talent? Yeah, yeah. we have great we have great sculptors, and oh and God, as the art director awesome. for these, you know, Magic's job is to understand and learn the nuance of every crevice, every angle of one's face. Uh, how thinking ahead from a three D stage to okay, well, how will a lady's makeup be applied here? Well, you know, what kind of what kind of shading does a, a man have naturally, either through his beard or under his eye sockets or not at all? Um, so yeah, it's it's uh, he's a he's a wizard when it comes to that stuff, and it's, he's a craftsman. So be able to get, you know, mocks not scanned, but have great figures of them. That just goes to show you, you know, the talent we have on our team. And I think Pac was supposed to get scanned, but he was he actually flew in from London that night for his match. Um, I think with Hangman. That, no, it wasn't Hangman. Hangman was with Jericho. Uh, uh, um, sorry, Omega. Omega and Pac, uh, Pac uh, fought that night. We couldn't get Pac because he didn't come on time. Um, but so now you think about what's happened that, uh, at AEW since um, August of 19. Lots of new signings. Lots of new uh, fresh faces as well as uh, established legends. So the goal of this past weekend was to get everybody that we hadn't got yet. And for folks that we do lots of or for people who have maybe cultivated their personas or their gimmicks and evolved them even more since August, maybe they make new facial expressions. Maybe they make a little like a new wink of the eye or a little like, you know, smirk or an outright face of, you know, anger or, or glee that we would want to capture in the scan. So we also rescanned a bunch of folks as well cool that's really exciting yeah uh so oh, when it comes to speaking of, speaking of scanning look at that the new Beautiful. the new women's champion oh yes how could i forget well, let's talk about Britt baker so first figure in the line this has been you know definitely just shouted in your ear from the get-go uh from Britt baker fans and collecting fans and wrestling fans and all that jazz so how is it to actually get a figure of her out now and also include her and have her be the chase I think that's I think that's awesome. It was great. Uh, listen, could we have done it sooner? Should we have done it sooner? Would we have done it sooner? There's probably a, a yes to all three of those in varying degrees of either why we didn't, why we couldn't, and why we shouldn't have. Um, we're glad we got her in now. And with fact is, AEW is so clever with their creative and their and if you notice, like a lot, like they they all seem to love being on air and they love their gimmicks and angles because. I think you notice it, you see it in the creative, but you've also heard the you know the EVPs say it out loud, and and both when they launched and even since then, that you know as a talent in AEW, you have you're in the driver's seat of your career, of your persona, of your angles, of your kayfabe, and you know when we couldn't keep little Brand Brand on shelf, literally and figuratively speaking, um, Brandy turned it into an angle. Um, when we couldn't get Brit into the uh, into the pipeline and lineup soon enough, whether it was because of you know, an AEW point of view or a literal production issue or because we changed factories in between one wave and another and we had to reshuffle a bunch of things. Um, she saw that fun opportunity to uh, exploit it creatively, to create something that we could all kind of like rally around and make a make essentially another angle uh, for us to, 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 to kind of dovetail into on air and in figure. And that stuff's fun. We love that. Uh, Brandy's clever mind to make the figure part of her entrance and where's little brand brand. We loved that. We loved it. And, and, and we loved what it did for our sales, but also our partnership. And, you know, uh, Brit and Cody and Jeremy all getting into it in various ways in social media. It was a lot of fun. And it, it, and it said what you're we all thinking and we all wanted, which is where's my Brit figure. And when it comes out, it's going to be great. 
And naturally we had to give her a chase in the same wave too. I think it would have been silly to not celebrate her twice uh, right in the first go round. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, and also I want to talk about the, the first time in the line as well. We also have Miro in that same unmatched wave one. Oh, speaking of which, oh, I was excited for this. I'm glad you brought him up too, because he's a great example of like, again, like this is not studio photography that you guys saw during the weekend. I think, you know, uh, we love ringside. We were happy to give them like a glimpse at the figures. I think today they posted all like the kind of like top down shots of them against like a dark background. Yeah, yeah. Uh, these are the same models, but it's just another good lesson too. Like I looked at those pictures and I don't know whose phone it was. I don't know if it was an Android or an Apple. I don't know what the lighting conditions were in the room when they took it, but I look at it and go, Oh, Miro looks pale. And especially because we know he's a very, very rigorous rich blooded man yeah. who uh, can appear to be either very well tanned or in some cases like almost bright red tanned. Uh, it depends on what day of the week it is, what his regimen is that week. Um, so it's hard to get anyone's one tan in any one action figure in that one moment of their life. Um, we have to create a new color in order to get uh, MJF from Revolution last year because he showed up so spray tanned or tanning boost. I'm not sure he'll say um, <laughs> that he was he was almost like a radioactive orange brown shade that none of us had ever seen before. And he even he was like, yeah, yeah, I know. Shut the F up. <laughs> was so, is that the uh, unmatched two uh that you're talking about the from revolution no revolution? Uh, i don't i i think we did that there but i don't think we made him like the crazy crazy tan gotcha, but the okay. point i bring it up here is that the miro picture was quite pale that they posted but if you look here he's got a very nice rich uh tan and i'm not saying that as a point of defense i'm saying it's funny how your camera versus my camera versus ringside's camera versus anyone's camera. It's completely uh, different. I can, can tell a different story. It's yeah. also why we hate the leaks so much because he, we still don't know how, but we're going to find you and them. Um, we still don't know how that first Miro shot came out, but it was terrible. Like your first look at him was fuzzy. It had some weird, like uh, almost like flash from what appeared to be someone's phone. And it didn't do the figure any justice. All it did really was to serve that the figure existed. And if you didn't care about the subtleties of photography or of action figure making, you'd go, that doesn't look like Miro. He looks pale. Um, like like so through the camera so that you're showing, it's, it's, it looks awesome. It actually looks yeah, really this, good. This is just a MacBook Pro uh, you know, camera, so nothing yeah. special. Um, so anyway, it's, it's just fun that, uh, A, I love how he looks. He looks great. And I just saw, again, I saw those ringside pics this weekend. Uh, sorry, today. And it made me go, oh, yeah. This is great because everyone's getting now every time they see Miro or any of these figures, they're getting a, a little bit more of a glimpse at what they look like because they couldn't see him in the flesh at FanFest. Um, but yeah, he came out great. We're super stoked. He was really pleased. You know, he's a man who's had many figures and he was very, very stoked by this guy. Yeah, Miro is definitely one of the top guys now, even being TNT champion and everything like that. I think he, I've definitely been a mark for him for in, in, in recent times, you know. I think he's so dominant and, and it's great that you're getting a figure out there because I think right now he's really shining in AEW as well. So yeah, uh, whenever you get that figure out, I think it, that that's going to absolutely fly as well. Uh, and oh, also... Sure. How... As a matter of fact, if, yeah. if we, if we, because he is such a, a big presence there and you know probably have a good long reign i imagine uh yeah. this probably won't be his only figure if i had my choice and thankfully i do get a vote at the table in my position uh i would love to make sure that we get a head scan of him with that absolute utter demonic childlike look of glee that he looked at all of us with before he picked up the snake bag and threw it up the entrance ramp on sunday <laughs> that face because he was he was goading everybody into like you think i'm not gonna do it right and it was very devilish to do it <laughs> yeah to do that to an animal is very devilish but the look in his face and in his eyes was almost like so charmingly gleeful and like <laughs> that yeah. um if we can capture that in a figure i can 
I can rest easy for the rest of the year. And then, and then the accessory, we all know what it comes with, a bag of snake. Bag of snake. <laughs> and it comes with like a, one of those wind-up things. How like It's like one of those cards, you pull it back and it goes, you wind it up and it just starts swinging. I think, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That literally, quite literally, fly off shelves. <laughs> yes, the burst on package would say, with real snake flying action. <laughs> exactly maybe adventure mirror can be a thing uh but <laughs> um, he, could be, he could be safari he could be safari or zookeeper miro <laughs> yeah he's got like his he's in, char- hat he's in charge of the reptiles cage yeah exactly oh my god that that's beautiful okay you definitely have to pitch that if you won't i will i'll, I'll pitch it right now guys please that's my pitch uh <laughs> I'm, I'm a grade a student in it uh but i want to also talk about Unmatched three, having pretty much excluding the LJ and Derby, having the whole, like not really the whole, but most of the Dark Order in one wave. How important was that? Including Brody Lee, of course. That was great. It all started with Brody, um, and uh, we were super proud to do it. And I think a couple of things converged at once. One was Brody, as soon as it makes sense. And when I say it makes sense, we would do it in a heartbeat. But when's the right time to do it respectfully for, you know, as partners with AEW? Uh, with with you know with his family and when the time was right we jumped all over it and then as we started piecing the wave together it was like okay and this is funny this is you know we were starting to talk about this before dark order you know became fan favorites and get you know got pops every time they walked into the arena um so dark or dark order as like wow they would actually make really kick-ass looking action figures um you know how, how many toy companies can say like yes we have a character who's not the gimp but he also, but he certainly has an outfit similar to it, uh, and he wrestles in front of kids on TV. Um, <laughs> so you've got that. Then you also had, um, I think, the appearance and rise of Anna J, plus our commitment to making sure that we had just continued more and more diversity in every wave. And that always starts and stops, of course, not stops, but certainly starts with making sure that uh, the women's roster um, gets its full due in, in our waves as well. And uh, you know. I think out of the first four or five waves, we only got, I think, two ladies in the mix, maybe three. So uh, it's important for us to keep upping the ante there. I think as you saw in every wave, uh, a raw we did, you know, whether it was unmatched or unrivaled, uh, we definitely are doing that. So then it just kind of took on a life of its own. It's like, my goodness, you know, this is this is a really strong Dark Order dedicated wave. And what it does, too, is it leaves the, the, the holes open, so to speak, that anyone else who joins in the mix anyone else is currently on the dark on the dark order roster now there's a, a nice little missing spot on your shelf that people are going to say well i need them too i need them on the shelf as well and what about a hangman when he was kind of hanging out with them you know when he wore that one attire and dynamite when they both you know they all kicked ass and he was like all right guys let's have a beer um <laughs> so we can tell that story in your collection um over a, a number of different ways but that one kind of kicking the door down with that lineup all all led by brody um that that made us really happy and proud yeah, it's great to see as well. Definitely got a huge uh, positive reaction over the weekend, uh, which is the, the greatest thing. You love to see that as well. Uh, Certainly. I, I want to go back to, because I kind of got off topic there, but I want to go back to scanning. You guys remember that from t- three oh, years yeah. ago? Um, <laughs> sure. So, I, I, yeah, I kind of wanted to get into the in-depth of scanning as well. Uh, so... Do you guys do like take a lot of expressions or, like how many expressions and how do you decipher which one to choose? Yeah, I think in, uh, for the most part, we have a really good understanding and handle of almost everyone in, in, in the roster right now. You know, we watch, we, we are 
omnivorous consumers of the content. We've gotten to know these wrestlers as people, as performers. So we will typically go in there with a set idea of like, okay, we definitely want to capture some of these expressions. Um, and again, like I mentioned before, if it's a talent we've scanned before, okay, that one thing you've been doing over the last six or seven months, we've got to get that. Uh, but we also then do a couple passes too, where the talent gets to go, you know, what, what would I do, you know, uh, if, if I could make a, a facial expression or how would I want to see my figure and, you know, put a little creative freedom in their hands. Um, most of them are born performers. So they're very eager to also offer that. Um, some of them will go, I don't know, you tell me. And that's fine. We have some of those in our back pocket too. So um, it's, it's, it's collaborative. Um, and, you know, it's funny, some of the folks who have been doing this for years and years, it's very old hat to them. Um, and then for some of them who, you know, this is their, literally their first two years in the business, someone you think had been doing this for many more years and he has been, MJF, he knows exactly what he's going to do, how he's going to do it. He's telling us, okay, you want the camera over here? Like he's sitting down and go, okay, hey, hey, quiet back there. Okay, <laughs> we're working. And then he lets the magic happen and he turns on every single time. So um, it's fun to see the, 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 the heroes we see on screen and in ring that being themselves uh, in front of a scanner because chances are being themselves is uh, to a high degree what you do see on screen when we tune in and when we watch them on social media um they're they're just they're fun they're a lot of fun oh for sure yeah that's really interesting i love getting in depth of stuff like that i remember seeing just like behind the scenes of how scanning would go about i think mattel did like a thing uh like years ago that had this big clunky machine you know you have to sit and then like this, this whole machine would do like a whole 360 around your head and what yeah, it we've seems used, is, we've used this before yeah yeah and what it seems like is uh i don't know on the semi guevara vlog it looked very more handheld uh just very uh, very yeah. e easy to just you know navigate and stuff like that uh which is cool yeah to see. Te technology evolves right think of how yeah. either much smaller your phones got at one point depending on what your life cycle is and then uh, now they've crept back up in size right well i want the pro max i don't want just the regular because yeah. regular is like, you know, an uh, inch and a quarter in each way smaller and my fat fingers can't type on it. Um, <laughs> technology evolves and sometimes machinery gets bigger or smaller as a result. But um, yeah, at this point through the, you know, through these projects and a couple other things we worked on in our various toy lives, uh, it's fun to see that technology changing over time. Um, and most of that technology is used across the board. It's not like they do it just for action figures. You see it for use in video games, films. Um, you know, computer projects that aren't necessarily for gaming, but, you know, involve a lot of CGI. So it's cool. It's cool to see that. Um, we, we mark out for them as much as people mark out for us, you know, the dorks that make the figures themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought it was going to be for the video game because I was like, oh, okay. I remember the big clunky machines for the figures. Like, eh. And so, I, yeah, I thought it was going to be for the video, video game. And then it pans to magic and he's giving me like a cheeky thumbs up and a smile. And I'm like, <laughs> you sly devil. Which we, could, which we, which we <laughs> couldn't do back in August yeah. of 19. There was, again, I was making fun of, of how Max kind of like holds court when he takes over. He was, he also like, like, not like Sammy vlogs, but he also was like, you know, I want, you know, he wanted footage. This is, this is a career milestone for him, you know, yeah. 23 years old and being scanned for an action figure. And like, there's one piece of footage he didn't upload because we watched it with him again. And you literally see magic go and just like duck out of frame because he could see that, that MJF was getting him on his camera. We hadn't announced anything yet. Um, nobody knew we were there. Um, right. To the extent that when Jericho got the title, walked backstage, had his little first, you know, squabble with the young bucks there and then proceeded to do his rant all the way down the backstage area leading of course to the catering area um we're in frame like yeah i was gonna say weren't me. you there i, I, I think, think i'm actually wearing this t-shirt um <laughs> and and like an idiot i'm standing on a chair with my phone going oh my god jerk was cutting a promo right in front of us and i'm going yeah. boy i hope no one sees me <laughs> <laughs> 
and magic and magic did the whole homer simpson like going into the hedges bushes thing he yeah. really just sunk <laughs> he sunk into a curtain and nobody could find him because <laughs> i wasn't maybe as recognizable to the wrestling community at that point but magic was because he had worked at wwe for mattel so oh, yeah. you know guys like bill mckenna and steve ozer you know friends friends of all of ours they could have gone like oh snap there's magic oh wicked cool toys must be doing AEW. so that was like we we're definitely afraid of that and now fast forward a year and a half later almost two years magic can be like hey guys when sammy's blogging in the in the scanning room <laughs> yeah that's beautiful that's the progression i love it uh yeah i i want to talk about like um uh the people from mattel and jazzwares because i think if you look on twitter and stuff like that brian alvarez always posts the ratings for aw ratings for nxt raw and stuff like that and there's always such a war between AEW and NXT, like just AEW and WWE, for some reason, some people can't just sit down and say, oh, I like wrestling, I'm going to watch this and I'm going to watch this as well. Right. Some people, it's, it's hard to do that. So they also, I think, feel the need to incorporate that into the figures as well, which kind of sucks. Hmm. Like, like you'll see uh, just strict Mattel collectors just completely, you know, shitting on like uh, AEW and, and and stuff like that and then, and then it goes into the figures as well and i always thought that was super unfair it's like yeah it's wrestling yeah let's all let's all get along guys come on please yeah look I, I, our mentality is this yeah. we, it's it, both businesses are small comparatively like we all know each other we've all either worked with each other before yeah, like or you're all we friends like it's so it's so weird yeah. people are like yeah it's strange to me yeah well the, the the first ever like local indie shows like in the Long Beach you know uh, harbor at, here in California went to were with with the the elite crew from Mattel great guys we you know first time I ever saw Eddie in a ring was with those guys and we have fun and a couple of us worked with each other at previous jobs so it's it I get the fan mentality to do that I do recall being like eighteen or nineteen and being having a, an internal war over like God am I a blur guy or am I a, an oasis uh, guy yeah and yeah, at one point I was like and at one point I was like <laughs> And I was like, no, I'm both. And why, yeah. why, why would I even kid myself? You know, yeah. do I read the enemy or the melody maker? I read them both. Who are we kidding? Um, and the, the thing about wrestling, when you do have uh, two big companies uh, or one big firmly established giant of entertainment and one new pro wrestling company really wants to do things their way, I get the temptation to, uh, to kind of fan up with one or the other. Uh, but the truth is it's so good for wrestling to have both of them. Um, mm-hmm. It was so good in the 90s into the early 2000s to have, you know, the the, the, the zenith and then the final last echoes of what WCW and ECW were um, before they all got folded into the Stanford family. Um, it, it's a, the, the, the sport, the entertainment, the culture needs it. And it's never been more successful than when you've had those moments where you've had a couple of different key players. You had, an, you know, you had an NWO on one side and you had a Stone Cold on the other and then the DX on the other. Um, that was Good, good, fun days. Our aspiration is to relive that or some permutation of it in the modern age in 2022, 23, and 24 with both WWE and AEW now. Yeah. And I think uh, competition is always going to be a thing. And I think it just makes products better. Like I was talking with uh, about this with uh, MBG, who I had on my channel not too long ago. And we were talking about, just yeah, competition just makes everyone work harder, work better, work smarter, work, you know, more efficiently. And I think it, so. And, and we, and we yeah, all buy, sure. and we all buy each other's products. Like, yeah, like I've gotten so that's many awesome. nice yeah. fun messages and DMs from, you know, whether it's Steve or Bill or, or Rob, you know, Rob's a guy after my own heart. We're both writers. You know, he, he, he professionally is paid to be a writer. I just sneak my writing skills into the job wherever I can, but we have an appreciation for like, God, like the copy on the back of the, um, the, uh, the, uh, 
oh God, what was it? The ring that came with Hogan and Stone Cold, uh, but the Masters of the Universe edition. Oh, the yeah. copy on the back of it was so gorgeously written. I took a screenshot of it. I was like, Rob, like this is this this makes me weep because it's goofy from a wrestling standpoint. It's goofy from a Motu standpoint. And it's just beautifully written. And we get nice messages from those guys too, you know, uh, about the work that we're doing. Um, it's just, yeah, why why fuss and fight? We all have jobs to do. We all love wrestling. And it's good for all of us. Hmm. Um, yeah, of course. I want to go back onto the, to the figure side of things. Uh, how, what's the most anxious, like, wh- what's the thing that get people get most anxious about during the middle of, like, producing a wave, like, from your standpoint, from Magic? Because the Wave 1 figures, there was, like, you know, issues with the skin tones and everything like that. I still loved them. I still think that they're, they're really good-looking figures. Uh, but I, I could imagine, like, uh, like, what's just going through your mind? Like, oh, uh, we have to release this. You know, you're trying to set a, a high standard and uh, something's sure. off about it. You know what I mean? So just go into detail about that a little bit. Yeah, look, as with any job, any creative endeavor, any any uh, thing you're producing that a lot of people need to be completely dialed into and on sync with. Uh, and then even then, anything around us could potentially knock it on, uh, you know, on its arse, so to speak. Um, it's tough. Uh, things don't always work out the exact way you planned it. Sometimes there's happy surprises and like, mm-hmm. oh, wow. Um, I, I didn't anticipate because I've only seen like 2D and 3D versions, but when I saw like the metallic washes and ah, paint of his outfit, I wasn't planning on that, but those guys at the office knew what they were doing or they stumbled into something great or they planned it perfectly and it was executed perfectly. Um, that to me was a happy surprise. Um, I mean, this has to be the best Dustin figure ever made. Yeah, that's like, one of my favorite in, in, by any company sure. ever. Um, yeah. and, and, and I say that proudly knowing that we put out, you know, Blood and Guts, Blood Brothers and, um, <laughs> and his Wave 2 figure. Um, but uh, boy, I mean, whether it's skin tones, whether it's fighting over the nuance or lack thereof of deco, um, anything can go wrong. And that's why the team has to be so dedicated and passionate and on the ball to um, anticipate problems and get ahead of them or react very quickly to them when we see they've manifested. Or in some cases, sometimes you just don't see it until it has been produced because something down the line, let's say there was a QA or QC issue or something someone sneezed the wrong way at the factory anything could happen we all make mistakes and or are subject to um oopsies uh so then i think we've done a good job in those cases when you literally can't physically stop the boat from shipping into the harbor to bring products into the stores we look at those things and go how do we get in front of it and how do we be honest with ourselves and with our fans and say hey you might see something awry on here or or hold on there's gonna we already know there's gonna be a running change to fix x y and z um we found that honesty and openness is always the best policy. Um, and to be able to affect the change on something uh, can do two things. One, hopefully, in your guys' eyes, it shows that we've got credibility and that we care and that we're not just pumping out you know, factories in a machine and, and products and putting them on a boat. Mm-hmm. Um, and weirdly enough, because we're also collectors, it's like, well, hey, now there's two versions of that character. You know, now, now you have two different reasons to collect them. We didn't do it that way on purpose, and we certainly would never want to give them that impression. But, you know, I had the two different Han Solo heads from the Kenner run, uh, you know, from 1977. I remember for a fact, because one of them, I used to compulsively stick up my nose when I sucked my thumb as a kid. <laughs> Don't know why I did it, but I thought that I had shrunk his head by sticking up my nose all those years. Later on, I learned, oh, there was two heads. There was a running change on the Han Solo 1977 figure. Go figure. It wasn't my corrosive nose nostrils that made his head <laughs> shrink smaller. That was just the first version of the figure. Um, no one at Kenner, I think, ever you know, uh, had social media and a, a, a foundation to say to folks, hey, 
check out the skin tones on these. We're going to do another uh, variant wave to show you how good they can be. Yeah. Um, and But that's the kind of stuff that we do. We try to catch it. If we can't catch it, we always try to fix it. Um, and we try to keep that level of honesty and uh, accountability with you guys. Yeah, you really showed everyone, like all the collectors that you all you guys really do care because some waves are like, oh yeah, we'll, we'll do this. We'll end up doing this. We'll fix it up, but whatever. But you guys actually went through with it and did it, which I think a lot of people from collecting standpoint, from a business standpoint can just really respect that because you're releasing all these other waves as well at the same time. And you're like, okay, well, let's make time for, for this one B, you know? And then yeah, here not, it is. People not easy. Hand. Yeah, no. Definitely not easy, but but um, we try to create contingencies for ourselves to make sure that we can always get every, get you up. We'll get you back on the re up, so to speak. Yeah, awesome. Of course, yeah. Uh, I want to know what's the figure you're most looking forward to working on. Whether it's uh, maybe scanning that you did or you haven't done. Maybe it's someone who's newly debuted into AEW and you haven't gotten a chance to do talks with them. But what figure are you most excited to work on? That's really tough. I think if you. That's like asking me like what my favorite music is or what albums have you listened to this week. If you ask me yeah. that both those same questions like every three weeks, I'm gonna give you a different answer. Yeah. Um. It's not because I'm wishy washy or flippy floppy. It's because like I have such an omnivorous appetite for everything we do that every wave has someone that I can't believe we did them. I can't believe how good they came out, or I do believe it because we busted our asses to do it. And then okay, who's my next one? Um. And most of most of them are are. For very different reasons some of them are literally for just the purely physical part of it um i think anything that you've seen from us whether it was the actual product or the the the, the reveal hint that we did this past weekend um proud and powerful ortiz and santana they there's this this very tangible and intangible thing about them that just makes for absolutely like killer action figures their attitude the, how we can capture that attitude and look in their eyes and the postures and the in the um the uh, articulation that you can get those poses they do in the ring um, and the attires they put on. They're very generous with like the cool outfits they put on. Um, I know what we're working on for the, you know, the next version of them. And I certainly, obviously we, we, we proudly shipped the one a couple waves ago. Those guys are killer action figures. They're so good. Yeah. Um, for slightly different reasons, same story with Darby Allen. Um, he just looks so good. He sees, he, he doesn't look like a superhero or uh, what you would always even really necessarily expect to be like a wrestling, you know, physical persona, but he looks like everything that you love about a rock star or about yeah. like a, a, you know, a graphic novel come to life. Um, and everything about him is genuine. Again, why he's successful, why AEW successful. He doesn't have a gimmick. He has, I'm a wrestler, I'm a skater, I'm straight edge. I'm into music. I'm into living my darbiest life. And, you know, half the time it's in black and white um, to be able to, to cap that in an action figure. That gets me excited um, for different reasons. A, she looks absolutely beautiful and like herself. And she's now a favorite of mine because when I had the opportunity to show it to her, she was literally emotionally touched. Like mm -hmm. you could see in her face, she's going, oh, my God, two years ago, I was not referee refereeing on television. Now I am refereeing on television, right? Main events. Uh, I'm. You know, I'm, I'm hosting a podcast and they just showed me an action figure. I'm now an action figure. And she got weepy and she she got huggy. And we just made that person's day. And what a privilege and an honor to be able to do that. So that makes her one, one of my favorites. The anticipation leading up to her and the and the kayfabe <laughs> and the and the, the goofiness and, and her also genuine reaction of finally seeing her. Um, that makes her a favorite. Um, 
Sheeta's figure, beautiful. That makes her a favorite of mine. Uh, like I said, I can go on and on uh, mm -hmm. because each wave has a new nugget that we've um, cracked open for ourselves for the first time. And either we're just happy with it or the fans are happy with it and the talent's happy with it. That, that makes our day. Yeah, I remember uh, hearing you talk about in an interview, I think not too long ago, or maybe it was Jeremy or something like that, but I heard it through the grapevine, made its way over to Australia via satellite, uh, that you guys were actually working a fair few months ago on having a wave come out per month. And is that going to happen now with Unmatched? Yeah, so good question. I know we kind of teed up what the intent of Unmatched was earlier. And naturally, the, I think the, the intimations that Jeremy first put out there before there were any reveals was that Unmatched is going to be the way to get more figures out more often and get you new looks at the roster that the pipeline of Unrivaled maybe wouldn't be able to deliver just based on the pure uh, chronology of things, timing of pumping out product, and even introductions into the uh, into the roster. Sometimes you've got to get someone who's new before someone who's been on the roster for a little while because there's a heat seeker attached to their back or because there's something in the storyline. So Unrivaled is a very linear pipeline, and that was going to always be challenging and fun to get different talents in there and still get our Batmans and our Leonardos and our red power Rangers in every way, which of course be the Darby's the, I'm sorry, the, the, the Kenny's the Cody so sometimes, you know, of course, of course yeah. uh, this one happens to be a MoMA uh, museum of modern art uh, edition of the New York Yankees. But, <laughs> yeah. um, uh, um, what unmatched gives us the ability to do is deliver more in the pipeline, but now at retail, the other challenge we've had was how do you keep them in stock? Because the figures, Knock on wood. Thank you for your fandom. Thank you for loving the figures. Thank us for hard, hard working on them. They're flying off the shelves. So how do we get the pipeline even more uh, fulfilled for each retailer to actually have figures on the shelf? Um, so through their partnership and through our hard work, um, Unmatched represents the new, essentially, peg. So you walk in any store in the ideal situation, you'll have like a vertical stripe of unrivaled pegs. And right next to it, you'll have Unmatched. Unrivaled comes out one month, excuse me, you know, four to six weeks later, boom, you have another, uh, uh, you have an unmatched there. While that's on shelf for the subsequent four to six weeks, boom, another unrivaled appears. So if you time your retail visits right or your pre-sales on, on, you know, dot coms, you know that, you know when to set your wallet, set your watch and set your expectations for new figures, uh, new versions of your favorite figures. And of course, you know, first in the lines, exciting new stuff that you hadn't seen before. And by doubling up the number of figures, we can do that with the talent roster and we can start introducing those fun things like luminaries and like the LJ and wrestling superstars. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. How, cause I know uh, how dire shelf spaces as well in retail. So was it, was it hard trying to convince, uh, you know, the, the Walmarts and the whatnots, uh, Hey, we're going to have like a whole new line or were they completely on board with it? What, what helps is that they couldn't keep unrivaled on shelf at the time that we made yeah. the, pro the proposal. Uh, so look, we want to ramp this business up. We don't want to just sell out of a case pack every time, you know, every time one arrives and then well, when can we get another one for you? Um, there was a lot of pressure on us to do well out of the gate because this was AW's first ever product line uh, besides their great t-shirt business. And this was, you know, us stepping out as a uh, jazz wearers, you know, a, a leading manufacturer in boys action. You know, we make, we make Halo, we make Fortnite, we make Roblox, we make Pokemon. So this was a big investment for us and we wanted to make sure that it came out of the gate strong. Um, once it did, then it, it gives you a partnership level of leverage to go, well, we want to scale this up. This isn't just like a one and done thing. This isn't like, oh, it's a nice little business to have. We want to grow this and scale this. We want to help drive AEW's success. We want them to help drive ours. So by introducing that second set of um, facings in, in the form of Unmatched, uh, the retail 
folks got it. Because if anything, it helps them get more figures into their stores, into their warehouses for e-commerce and onto shelves um, sooner and more frequently. So they can enjoy that very quick turn because once they arrive on BrickSeek or just through social media, I found some, you know, boom, they descend on the store, they're gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which is really good because I, I remember Jeremy saying uh, we brought out very limited uh, what casings and stuff like that just so it was it's very smart like a business standpoint as well because the more they fly off shelves yeah the more this these stores are going to want these figures uh in their stores and all that stuff so uh the, the, what the, you did with the first few waves was super 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 smart um how important is it to kind of have like uh fan input to the figures and and sort of you know, get their ideas, and, and with the thing like the Orange Cassidy from Wave Three, just getting the hands in the pockets like that—that that was a <laughs> must. I'm so happy you guys did that. Uh, yeah, how how have fan ideas uh, implemented the waves? Uh, we always listen. We love to hear feedback, whether it's on something we just put out, or hey guys, when will you ever do this? Um, even in the form of like, again, I'll point, I'll I'll pick on in a good way, Aubrey. You know, when we announced her, she's the she's the new figure in the authentic scale uh, ring for Ringside Collectibles. Uh, in the first one, it was Kenny Omega. That was a simple, hey, we love Kenny. We want to give a wrestler in the ring, and also we shipped that at the same exact time we shipped Wave One. So it was a pure case of timing and economics to put one of the key people in the ring there. Uh, especially Kenny, who never had an action figure before AEW. So that was a great double down. But we knew from day one, hey, at some point, we're going to want to get a referee in there. We're going to want to get someone else in there who's part of the overall AEW presentation and help you build out that AEW world, whether you're playing with it or displaying it. Um, but the feedback we're getting now is, hey, we love that Aubrey figure. She looks great. Um, you know, if I buy the authentic scale ring again, will there be anything different about the ring, not just the figure? Uh, we've even gotten some very distinct calls to action. Like, can you do like a limited edition version of Aubrey without the ring, you know, knowing that you still want to, you know, put out a new ring. Um, we're listening to all those feedbacks and comments where we're literally taking notes and going, what makes the best sense for us and the fans and AEW and how's the best way to split the atom there. And that's just one example. Uh, we do it all the time with, you know, whether it's something as like rudimentary as that figure sucks or, <laughs> Hey, I like this one better because of A, B and C. We, we take note of all that. We use our brains and our hearts and we uh, apply it and, and try to do better every time out the gate. Yeah, that's awesome. Because I think you have to listen to the fans uh, when it comes to that sort of stuff because that's your demo. That's the people you're making it for, you know what I mean? So if they're yeah. happy, everyone's happy, uh, business is happy, you know, everything like that is, uh, is you know, it's steamrolling. It's always yeah. catching speed. It helps that we're all collectors too. It helps that we all collect some other figure line or some other even objects, whether it's, you know, streetwear or whether it's trading cards. Um, we all understand because we live that life too. Um, and then, I, you know, I, I always, you always give props to where you came from. I, I'll always be in debt to the Power Rangers community because that was my, I always worked on various toy lines all at once at my, in my various toy jobs. It was never like one singular line. I always like spun seven or eight plates all in a row. Um, and, you know, a lot of toy people do. Um, when I joined Power Rangers, it was because the specific opportunity was to be, you're going to work on one brand, you're going to work on it with one IP and one fandom. Um, and that was appealing to me, talking to Power Rangers fans, realizing, okay, I missed out on this completely. I'm of the age where I was just getting out of that stuff and I was getting into rock and roll, driving a car, running around New York City like a maniac, uh, music. 
Um, I knew Power Rangers was on. I had a nephew that watched it. I didn't know anything about it. I educated myself and I did so not just by devouring, you know, Wikipedias and Rangerpedias. I literally just sat there and talked to fans for literally hours. The mm-hmm. fans would walk me around a Comic-Con or a flea market or a Power Morphicon and go, okay, that, that Morpher's never been done by Bandai since the first series. People would kill for that. Okay, that Ranger, don't ever go near that one because of X, Y, and Z. Uh, and I got such good, rich understanding from people who, for them, that was their Star Wars growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, it all clicked and it made sense. So without that community and without that kind of partnership I had with them to make things that they liked and to make me smarter and better at my job, I might not be as apt to have done so with AEW as quickly or with Halo as quickly. So I'm very grateful to them for that. And I always put them over whenever I can because um, that Power Rangers is still going strong, you know, 30, 30 years later. And, yeah. uh, and, uh, and it, it helped influence my career too. Yeah. You were talking about uh, just like uh, conventions and all that. How important is it to go back to that way of reveals, just conventions in general, uh, being with fans in, in person, I would love to to visit one day and, and see these reveals in person, you know, I would like to meet all you guys and, and everything like that, all the figure community, you, Magic, uh, MBG, all, all that fun stuff. So how important is that to to get back to that, of course, safely and gently? We're really, really excited too. That's why we left it the chance of, you know, very short amount of timing and short amount of resources to put together a fan fest that, you know, was was a little bit of a jagged around the edges when it came to the presentation part, but uh, you know what? I grew up early on early hip hop and punk rock, so I don't mind a little bit of jagged edge every now and then. Of course. Uh, and and the fans were with us; they were there for it, and they understood why we were there and what we were doing. Uh, to be able to scale that up and go back to doing a San Diego Comic Con, a New York Comic Con, uh, international shows outside of the U.S., um, and of course the AEW type of events that Dana and her team put together, we. We think it's great for the community. We get together, we get to exchange ideas, we get to mark out together. Um, it's much different than doing it on our phones and doing it on our screens, which I think we've tried really hard to keep doing that really well too. And it's always gonna be a part of our of our of our catalog of how to talk to fans. But there's nothing beats being there on a show weekend, whether it's a big Comic-Con where there's a million brands or whether it's a dedicated thing like C2E2 was last year, uh, where revolution happened. Perfect, perfect storm of um, new fans burgeoning fans and an AEW pay-per-view right in the backyard of the And you the actually set up so. with like the AEW like at the AEW booth at C2E2, right? Yeah, we were we yeah. were there uh we were essentially like their their uh their back their backyard. Uh That's if you cool. came in the front, the first thing you saw was, you know, the giant awesome t-shirt and merch booth uh right behind there was us. It was great because the talent would kind of just stick their head through the curtain into our booth and realize, "Oh crap, it's the action figures." And they would literally just start looking at the figures or would go, "Oh no, it's gonna turn into a meet and greet. Let me just duck back behind the curtain again. <laughs> do the do <laughs> the I'm magic just... magic Homer thing, you know? Yes, because I'm due because I'm due at a panel in 20 minutes, and I can't get stuck here looking yeah. at toys and signing autographs. Um, <laughs> but it was great. Um, uh, the only reason we were able to get John Moxley that morning after he won the championship was because he the, his first appointment for the day was a meet and greet, and he thought our side of the booth is where the meet and greet was. Oh, John, we're going to show your figure off for the first time this weekend. And look, we, we put Jericho's belt on you instead. He goes, he goes, great. And he immediately poses for a picture. <laughs> so we love it. That was when he had like the big gash above his eye, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah I yes, remember that. Yes. Yeah. That was awesome. Um, uh, so uh, <laughs> those kind of things are awesome. We can't wait to do more of them. And you know, we all play it safe. We all play it right and smart. Uh, we seem to be on the path to getting there again. So we're very happy with that. So I want to thank you again for, for coming on to here. I'm going to finish out with some closing questions, but 
uh yeah thank you guys thank thank you guys for listening and thank you for doing this with me i really appreciate it hopefully we get to do this in person one day i would love to uh do like a little, little sit down podcasting that'd be hilarious that'd be that'd wonderful be yeah um, absolutely to, to to do so with the australian icon with the the pleasure will be mine oh th- thank you vp I, I will i will take that <laughs> i will take that and i will use that and I will boost my ego for the next week with that. So thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> we didn't even talk music. Like I think, like with, oh my this again, God. sometimes soon. Yeah, I would like, love there's to. Probably, there's probably another good milestone where we can do. So I can't believe you said that this week with new AEW figures. But I'll put a stack of records next week too, and I'll just throw I'll throw some album covers on the camera there. To cause we seem to have a very uh, similar generational musical DNA about the mm-hmm. the music we seem to like and follow and talk about. So that would be yeah. fun to mark out about that too. Cause that's my other passion. Yeah, we've just talked like completely like for hours just, just about music and, and different music. So I, I would love to do a part two with you just talking strictly like, you know, about music and, and figures and whatnot, but I'd love to integrate music into it for sure. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry we didn't get enough time to do it today, but th- this week has just been so heavy and so, you know, grand for jazzwares and stuff like that. And uh, I want to I wanna finish with some closing out. Oh, watch it. <gasps> Is that Shida? Oh, show yo, show yo, not Sheeta. Oh yep. my god, I got confused because uh, <coughs> what's the? <coughs> I'm dying. What's the character um that you named Show Yo after? Oh, uh, Show Yo Hanada from uh from Hi That's right. Yeah, and, and you were uh, talking with Sheeta. And, and I wasn't trying to, and I wasn't trying to bring it up. With, you know, for oh, cool, I get to talk to Sheeta about something cool. It was like yeah. I was I uh I told her you know for the match I said oh you know really hoping for you to to have victory tonight Gambate and she went oh Gambate. I said, oh, yeah, I don't speak any Japanese, but I do watch a lot of anime. I pick up a little things here and there. And she's, you know, so we started talking about our favorite animes. She said, Haikyuu. I said, oh, we love Haikyuu. I have a Shiba Inu, and his name is Shoyo, after the little <laughs> giant from the, I never would have thought I'd watch a, a volleyball anime before, but it is one of my favorite series of all time now. And yeah. here, this is Shoyo. <laughs> oh, hi, Shoyo. <laughs> That's so cute. I love Shiba's. <laughs> Oh my He's being goodness. very calm, which is unlike him. <laughs> yeah, Ashiba is normally very, very crazy, very crazy. Yeah, they're 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 very fun and very kinetic and hyperactive. They're high energy, so you gotta walk. They're like huskies. You gotta walk around a lot or let them run around a lot. Um, but he's being calm now because we're getting dinner started in the kitchen, and you know he's yeah. probably waiting to be fed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, classic dogs, classic dogs. They only want food <laughs> and love. Uh, gonna love Indeed. that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, the the final closing questions I want to ask is, where do you see this company, these lines in the next five years? Uh, AEW or Jazzwares or both? Both, yeah. Uh, the Jazzwares part's almost the easiest answer, and and it's very proud to say because um, the company's grown so much in the last uh, let's call it two years. Um, you know, we were knocking on the door of being a top ten toy company. Um, we're now a top seven, arguably top six toy company. Wow. Um, so the Jazzwares is on a real roll. Um, I've got the best management team a guy could ever ask for at this point in his career. I've got the best um, teammates, the best designers, sales guys, uh, procurement and operations people who actually like, get the stuff shipped. Like It's such a great operation to be uh, a part of. And I think where we are in our growth as a company is perfect in our partnership with AEW because um, – you know, we have the know-how, we have the ability to make great product, but we're also young and scrappy 
and we're not the old monolithic way of doing things. And AEW has proven time and again that that's not how they operate either. They make up great stuff, great angles, great creative pivots and shifts on air and, and behind the scenes and backstage. Um, they think differently, but they still have that purest heart of what makes a great storytelling in the ring. So we're actually just really great one-to-one -one partners for our various and uh, for our respective life cycles. Um, we keep doing our jobs. We keep helping pro wrestling grow. Um, and we, you know, we do our humble part in offering up stuff that you guys want to buy and want to put into your life to be a part of that AEW fan experience. Um, and they just keep rocking it the way they have been, you know, pro wrestling is just going to keep getting stronger, get more eyeballs. And then you get those one magical moments that either were planned or just took everyone by surprise that all of a sudden all the squares and, you know, look, you lose and passers by you haven't given wrestling a thought in 15 years, all of a sudden they're hooked again. And those are the most magical moments where then everything everything is up for grabs and we can have uh, years of growth and excitement and uh, and special relationship with each other, which we already have. Awesome. That's that's beautiful. That's a great closing question. And I also just realized that I did ask uh, my my Storminians uh, <laughs> to ask a couple of questions. So I'll fire a few off here. You can answer them. Uh, quick hi, hi Stormies. Good to meet you guys, uh, you know, in, in, in the proxy of Nick here. Yeah, I I completely forgot about you, but it's okay. I'm an icon. I can I can do that every once in a while. You have to uh, expect that occasional treatment in the, at the hands of an icon. It's it's exactly. partially why we all follow an icon. It's like to you know occasionally you know bask in your shadow uh, as well as get you know the, the occasional bone thrown our way. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly that. Uh, but anyway, let's get into. A few questions. This one comes from It Figures eighty nine. Are there any more retail carriers we should be looking out for in twenty twenty one slash twenty twenty two? Yes, um, I think globally you're going to start seeing us uh, scale up more into retailers uh, across the world. Um, you know, getting the line out the door first and foremost. We had a launch partner in the U.S. in the form of Walmart, which we were very uh, lucky and grateful for, but also definitely earned. So um, obviously the idea was we had to make that a success, shovel every figure we could in there and ringside's direction, and then build it from there. And I think as you've seen each subsequent season, um, more retailers are getting on board. You know, now your Targets, now your Amazons, now your Smiths in the UK. Expect that to happen globally. Because um, I'm not sure where the, where the question comes from, where in the world, but just know that either through distributors or through Jazzwares is really good in the trenches in each region and territory sales force. Um, the more figures we can make and the more we can get them across the world, um, we know that we want to serve everybody. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Great. Uh, hopefully Australia's on that list soon. I believe, yes, <laughs> I believe um, we, one we've been fighting gonna be, for it. Going to be Australian, right? It's going to be at retail 1B. I yes, that was, the, yeah. that was the plan from the moment that we announced it. And then, of course, we had to kind of like, you know, make sure that it came out right and took a little bit longer. But yeah, 1B was essentially going to be the pilot wave to get out there. And plus, it would be nice to get the first wave of figures, you know, that that core set of talent out yeah. to Australia to enjoy the same way that Canada and the US and UK did. Yeah, I missed out on those initial wave one bucks and they're like my favorite type Elvis, you know, it's freaking sick. So I'm very excited <laughs> to, to hopefully see them on shelves, uh, which would be really cool. Uh, this one comes in from suplex network underscore AUS stands for Oz. Shout out my other Australian icons. Uh Right this on. one comes from, yeah, Suplex Network saying, can we get a Fuego del Sol figure? I know he's not signed yet, but still. So it's like, 
extras on Sammy Guevara's vlogs and everything like that. I hate to call them extras because it's such a degrading term, you know. But uh, you know, wrestlers that are on Sammy's vlogs and everything like that, they've become such a personality. Uh, how possible is it to to get those figures? Well, now that we got a dual pipeline of Unrivaled on a match, that helps us get more people in sooner than we might have otherwise. So there's always that. And then it always comes down to, to like what AEW's um, you know, talent relations are with any individual talent, right? Sometimes you've got folks that are, you know, I think what did Tony Khan say about Leo Rush, you know, in the in the excuse me, the the press scrums this week, right? He has a handshake deal with Leo. Okay, so as our as a toy company, our job is to investigate that. Does that mean we have uh product rights for 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 him? Does you know does Dana and her team have uh, merch rights in the forms of T-shirts, that sort of stuff? So whenever somebody comes in, we always do our diligence and say, okay, um, you know, are they under contract? Are they a long-term investment? Because our our business is long lead, right? I come up with a uh, a line, vet it with magic. We work at workshop it, make sure everyone's happy. We present it to AEW, and they I love it. Well, then we've got roughly like nine months from that moment on to get it out the door. Um, a lot happens in nine months. Uh, new signings. Some folks may go a different direction. Babies being born, you know, everything. Babies being born. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, doing doing cowboy shit in diapers. You know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. um, congratulations to Hangman as well, by the way. That's awesome. Yes, congratulations. Um, so yeah, like we we look at every talent on you know what, AEW. What do you guys want to do? Uh, are they you know are they in your mix? And we'll be very happy to figure out the perfect way for them. Beautiful. Yeah. And then this last one comes from, we all know him, MVG1211. And he says, uh, he says, don't tell him I told you, but you should tell him how much you liked my photos. Uh, um, <laughs> hey, hey, Greg, I really like uh, MVG's photos. <laughs> no, but all, 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 all thing, all seriousness he's, behind. He's yeah. definitely a talent. Yeah, he's probably one of I, I like love his shots, and I'm so glad that you guys have him on board as well, uh, for however long. But yeah, the, the shots he's been producing and and everything is beautiful. Like with all jokes aside, I actually really do love his uh, photography a lot. Um, so yeah, yeah, we're we're spoiled. Um, I think it, it makes us feel good that our products are worthy of shooting in that way. But there are so many good uh, talents out there uh, across. Um, the Micro Machines brand that I'm also in charge of, um, uh, Pokemon, Halo, AEW. There's like it's such a neat thing. Like this didn't exist 10 and 15 years ago, where fans who are either hobbyists or it is their burgeoning career uh, to take something and take toys and turn it into art. Uh, beautifully composed shots, the lighting, the realism, um, you know, the use of of post or even like practical effects. Again, we mark out to all kinds of beautiful things too, and there's such. Uh, it'd be too long, and it'd be a shame if I forgot anyone in particular to list off like the number of accounts that I follow. That I I have to like literally carve out an hour a day if I can do it to just be like, oh my god, that's amazing, nice, big big hearts, hearts eyes, because these are all genuine emojis that that their pictures make me feel. Um, and it's and I'm and I'm proud of our part of that equation that we can put out figures that are and and toys and vehicles and. Pokemon creatures that are all worthy of that kind of artist artistic uh, approach. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, again, thank you everyone for sending in questions. That was a beautiful set of questions. I do say this for myself. Cherry and chops as chef's kiss. You got a chef's kiss from Greg. Now that's a big accomplishment. Uh, but yeah, I, I want to thank you again, Greg, for coming on. Uh, is there anything you want to shout out? Anything that's uh, coming up? Uh, whatever. You just roll out the red carpet. 
This is me rolling up the fictional red carpet. It, it's it's all yours. Thank you. Um, no, thank thanks for thanks for having me on. Much appreciated. Uh, love your energy and your co connection to the fandom, um, and uh, love the fandom. Uh, we love the community. So thanks for thanks for being there with us each step of the way. Thanks for helping us get better. Thanks for celebrating it when we do knock it out of the park because there's plenty of those times as well. Uh, in fact, I would say the ratio is still more the former, uh, the latter than the former. Um, but uh, but we're humble and we know that every every wave takes our heart and soul to make it great. So uh, thanks for your faith. Thanks for um, being AW fans because that's what we are too, and we're here to do them justice. Cool. Thank you so much, Greg. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good one. Look forward to doing this again maybe someday. Uh, yeah. You know if if. If if you could find it in your 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 swaggy heart, <laughs> I don't know. I might have to get that checked out after today. I don't know. I have to go get, book a doctor's appointment to get my swagger checked. But uh, yeah, what, uh, what 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 box do you check on the form when you're at the office for that? Like um, uh, nurse. <laughs> I think it's like a little symbol. It's like that little S symbol that you would like do on uh, in school and stuff like that. You know. Oh oh like yes, I always thought it was like for like Suzuki or Isuzu. But none of us ever knew <laughs> yeah. what it was. Like yeah. we would do that and the dead Kennedy symbol. Um, and nobody <laughs> yeah, knew what the any of it meant. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody ever knew what it meant. But um, uh, yes. Anyway, hope your insurance covers the swag issues. And um, um, look, I don't, uh, the Australian icon's not getting paid enough, let's be honest. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, thank you guys so much for watching. And yeah, thank you again, Greg. You can find him on his socials. I'll link them down below. Thank you again. Thanks, everybody. Mm. oh you're here again you're still here wow um you made it this far into the video well congratulations thank you for doing that and if you stuck around to the end and you haven't liked or subscribed yet what the freaking heck are you doing, man? Now, those buttons are actually free. If you click them, you get a bunch of swag. You can even get the swagger that's built into my, my chesticle, all right? You can get the swagger that's built into my sternum and all that fun stuff, jazz, yes. But yeah, I, I really like this chat. I enjoyed it so much. Greg was such a pleasure to talk to and just chat with for an hour long or however long this edits to be. I don't freaking know, probably like three years long. Oh, can you imagine a podcast that's three years long? How many hours is that? Nah, I don't care too much. Yeah, I really want to have Greg on again, talk a bunch of uh, music and stuff like that. If you guys want to see that, I would love to. Make sure to put it down in the comments. And yeah, like the video if you liked it. And if you didn't like it, also like the video because <laughs> that's pretty funny to me. I don't know. And if you haven't already, hit the subscribe button. And hit the notification bell so you don't miss an upload from the Australian icon himself. That is me. That's moi. If you haven't figured that out yet, what are you doing? But yeah, thank you guys again so much for watching. Appreciate that dearly. And hope you had a great time chatting. And if you want, let me let me know who else you want in the comments down below. Who else you want me to talk to on this series, on this talking with series. Let me know down in the comments whether it's a YouTuber, a reviewer, an icon like myself. Heck, maybe I could do a Nick Storm interview one day. That'd be pretty funny. I don't know. He's pretty hard to get a hold of because he is an Australian icon after all. So, yeah, without further ado, thank you all so much for watching. And I hope you have a lovely day. Bye. Bye-bye.
Australian 